podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast, home of the best 49ers takes. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how are you doing today? You know, Timmy, I am doing well. It's Monday morning. We have a lot of football going, but uh, I'm not as excited as I feel like I should be or as I want to be. Yeah. So the, if you're if you're tuning in, the 49ers won yesterday against the Detroit Lions. And the question I have been asking myself since is, why do I feel so bad after a win? And from what I'm hearing, the team agrees because their Debo Samuel said after the game that Kyle Shanahan came into the locker room and said, how do we feel about the win today? And nobody said a word. So I Daniel, I want to take this to you. How do you feel about it? And why do we I'm assuming you agree with me. Why do we feel so not great after the 49ers won and looked dominant for a portion of the game? I feel like I go with, yeah, the statement is we, the 49ers won yesterday. Wait for it. Kinda. Um, And I think we're, we might be being a little too hard because they did look dominant for a time. Um, The Lions definitely all throughout the game did have moments where um, they had, they had some awesome plays whether it was as bad as the first offensive snap of the game being a, um, a, a muffed snap and it was a fumble and we gave them the ball yeah. right back to almost letting them come back and us blowing a almost 30-point lead. We're like 25. I'm trying. It was 41-17 at the time, and the game yeah. finished 41-33. If anyone did not get to see the final score or watch it, We'll, we'll break down the specifics of it, but the Niners looked dominant for a long time. They had some amazing plays. Um, I think that the starting lineup or just even the, the, the usage of guys was not at all what we were expecting. Yeah. We, we've been hearing all this offseason stuff and, and going into the season ready to see obviously a whole lot of Kittle, and we did. I think he had four receptions, so not as much as we might have guessed, but – he had, some, he had some good plays, some some big moments when we really needed it. Um, yeah. We will talk about this more, but Brandon Ayuk, was, his face was on a milk carton. He was missing. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's not great. And he took snaps. It wasn't like, oh, he got injured and it wasn't reported and he came out. He took snaps. He was there on the field running routes. Yeah. Kyle um, Shanahan did allude to that he's still working his way back from a hamstring injury, but he I is. got big. I got big. Twenty nineteen Dante Pettis vibes, where it was like this guy's going to be our top receiver, and then it just came out all of a sudden, like, oh no, Kyle Shanahan hates him, and just didn't tell us. And that is, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but that's where Twitter's going. That's where a lot of NFL media is kind of alluding to that as well. I, yeah. That's as someone who has Brandon Ayuk on fantasy teams, that's frustrating. But also just as as a 49ers fan. I can be, and I'm going to talk about this later when we get to a couple other things. I am a little frustrated with how the team has used early round draft picks in, in the past four or five years. And I think if Ayuk really is in Shanahan's doghouse, this is just another example to add to that. So a question I've been asking myself, Daniel, is because I'm I'm with you. The 49ers won. 
but it feels like a loss. And it maybe the Lions are just good. Maybe in a month we're like, oh, it just turns out the Lions were a pretty good team. Maybe the team was just heartbroken after Jason Verrett's injury, which we'll we'll dive into later, and they just couldn't couldn't bring it back. We benched a lot of our starters just to try to keep them healthy in the second half. But the question I've been asking myself, maybe to kind of rationalize it, is if the two halves were switched and there was a close, like more competitive than we thought it should be first half, and then the 49ers just ran away with it and dominated in the second half, we would feel pumped. If the score differential was exactly the same in the first half, if we just switched the halves and the 49ers outscored them 31 to 10, I think it was, or 31 to 7, or no, 31 to 10, 31 to 7 in the second half, and then they, like it was close in the first half, we would be thrilled. We would be ecstatic. We would just be saying, oh, yeah, it took a half for them to remember, like to get back back into playing football. So maybe, maybe we're overreacting. They scored two touchdowns in the last two minutes, I believe, to make it 41 from 41-17 to 41-33. And Um, recovered an onside kick. Yeah, to to get And we couldn't ice it. We stopped them after that. We recovered the next onside kick, and we couldn't couldn't ice it because Debo Samuel – Jimmy took a great – and I think we'll break everything. We're going to break everything down quarter by quarter in a bit. But Jimmy made a great little play. Nice adjustment. Hit Debo. Debo ran forward for the four yards and then just got the ball punched out. Line. Yeah, what? I loved the play. I think that was a fantastic play to to get them there to, you know, they probably would have run the clock out after that. But I really liked the play design. But, yeah, he just couldn't hold on to it. But, yeah, let's let's start with some news. Let's talk some of these injuries, and then we'll get into our quarter by quarter breakdown, and you will see the roller coaster of a game that that was. Yeah. Um. Big, big bummers. Big injury woes for the Niners already. The Niners are already without Raheem Mostert. He yeah. got injured early. In Mostert, I think, on his I've... second carry of the day, tweaked his knee. Yeah, um, Mostert's had knee injuries in the past. Kyle Shannon has said he doesn't think it's an ACL. Um, so hopefully That's Mostert comes back. Heard. That's all I've heard is that they don't think it's an ACL tear, but I have not heard anything else. Um, the 49ers are in West Virginia this week between their road trip, which is where they were last season and where they had an MRI truck come out to MRI, like all the guys that got injured in that Jets game. Um, and now they're going to do the same thing, but hopefully it's just – Mostert and Verrett that are going to need MRIs, but optimistic that Mostert, he's probably going to miss some time, but hopefully he, he's able to, to come back and then, but Elijah Mitchell stepped up and that was, that was great. We can talk about that later. Um, The big injury, the one we alluded to it earlier, the one that is just heartbreaking is for the team. And also just like for the person is uh, cornerback, Jason Verrett went down with a knee injury um, you knew it was bad the minute it happened. You can watch a guy's face and just know. And he was just like, he knew. And Kyle Shanahan said after the game that they think it's a, it's an ACL tear. There's been no news about the MRI yet, but I I've never seen a situation in which a coach an NFL coach says, Oh, we think it's an ACL tear. And then they get an MRI and it's something better. So yeah, Jason Verrett's I mean, done for the season. And before, that before injury, yeah, watching that injury, um, I, I straight up got emotional for Jason. Yeah, me too. Um, we've talked a lot about this, even in the, in the, the preseason, that uh, Jason Verrett was a high draft pick, uh, was an awesome cornerback in the first part of his career, but has really, really battled some injuries. And he has fought hard to get to where he was this year. 
Um, he had a phenomenal year last year, healthy, yeah. played, a, played a full season, was a big difference maker and was going to take over as the lead cornerback this year. And yeah, yeah, just seeing him go down and in Shanahan's interview, he said it's crushing. Um, and it, it really is. I think uh, that's, I'm sure, as you said, that's a lot of the reason that these guys, that these Niners players um, are, don't, don't see this as a win, um, even though it was in the win column. But it, it came at a cost of some guys getting injured and almost yeah. blowing the game. So it really – there's not a lot for them to feel good about other than maybe the second and third quarter. I'd say. Yeah, and with and with Verrett – and then we're going to dive into the football implications. But, I mean, the most important thing is, like, this is a person who – just uh, Daniel alluded, Daniel mentioned this, but Jason Verrett came out of college, played on the Chargers, was awesome, made a Pro Bowl. The next year he tears one ACL – and then he comes back the next season, he tears his Achilles, gets cut, comes to the 49ers in 2019, has an ankle injury that keeps him out for this. Actually, I think there was a season that he missed again because his knee was still bothering him. Then he tore his Achilles. Then he comes to the Niners, ankle injury that keeps him out for a year. Finally gets back on the field last season, plays nearly the whole season, looks electric. And it's like, this guy did it. Like he came back from some of the worst injuries you could have. And then like, he's officially a, the the starter on a great team. Like he's, he's back. And then to watch it, to watch that guy's face when you knew seeing him on the sideline with the towel over his face, cause he's torn an ACL before he has to know what it is. And he has to know like how many, the mental toll of rehabbing from those injuries, like, man, Poor guy. I just, I cannot, my heart breaks for that guy. Yeah. It's, it's really sad. And we are, we are a football podcast. So we will talk about what it means for football, but more importantly, like that's a person who's going through a really tough time. I'm sure. So if you ever yeah, meet Jason absolutely. Barrett, just give him a hug, be praying for him. Yeah. We already talked a little bit about Brendan Ayuk. Um, we have no news on Brendan Ayuk. Um, we didn't really yesterday before the game either. Um, he, he was a, a full healthy go in our minds, but he definitely was not that in the game. And I think it was more than him just not getting looks because, you know, he was supposed to be our top receiver, or at least one of, I think weeks will trade off with him and Debo, but Debo yeah. took enough for him and Ayuk. So we'll get into that as well yeah. for the breakdown. Uh, the last little bit of news I got for us is because of Jason Verrett going down, even yesterday in Shanahan's interview, post-game interview, he did say that, a reunion with Richard Sherman is, is always a possibility. So we don't know what his, what Richard Sherman's availability looks like. We talked about this last week, I believe to me, um, yeah. Richard Sherman has been doing, has been in some legal battles, working some stuff out with the courts yeah. and we just don't know. Um, he has not been punished by the NFL. So yeah. the Niners could sign him and he could play with them for now. Um, but we don't know it if that's as easy as it is, but you know, we, we will keep yeah. it on and you could expect Sherman to be signed and maybe not. I, I think a reunion with Sherman would be great. I don't know. I mean, he, by all accounts was great last season. I, I kind of think, I feel like every year in the NFL season, there's, I've been thinking about this. There is like an all, like an all-star, like elite cornerback cornerbacks and wide receivers are, are kind of known in the NFL as the guys with some bigger personalities. And there are often cornerbacks who express frustration with their situation in the start of the season. If you remember Jalen Ramsey on the Jaguars in 2019, got himself traded to the Rams by just pretending he had an injury and not playing. Like 
guy cornerbacks i feel like every other season there's a cornerback that gets traded within the first six weeks of the season and i i almost want to wait for that guy like if we're gonna trade for someone like it's not like unfortunately i don't think we should count on jason barrett ever coming back to the 49ers um i don't know if, if we can count on him playing another nfl snap I think we can't. So that's why I'm I'm not thrilled about Sherman because Sherman Sherman has admitted himself he's going to need to shift away from playing cornerback if he wants to extend his career much longer. He's in his early 30s. He's maybe the best corner, one of the best cornerbacks ever. But I mean, he's age age matters. And if there's some young guy like who expresses frustration in a couple weeks, like I would I would rather go go trade for that guy. And the 49ers have shown willingness to trade during the season before. Um, we have to hope that Josh Norman steps up. Um, Diamador Lenore is going to need to be ready quicker than we thought. And he's looked, he's looked good, but yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather wait and see if a Jalen Ramsey gets mad. Like I'm thinking like a Stefan Gilmore in new England has expressed frustration a couple times and he's dealing with an injury might not play all season, but it doesn't really he's seem. On IR. Yeah. He's on the IR and it doesn't seem like Bill Belichick to trade a guy mid, like that mid season by all accounts, his best, best player probably, but Someone Easily. like that has expressed frustration. I would yeah. rather, and the 49ers have traded with the Patriots midseason before. So I would rather wait and see, and see if we can get something, get bring in a true stud. And sure. I don't know why we couldn't bring in Sherman and do that, but that's really where my hope is hinged, and hope that Josh Norman steps up. Yeah, let's uh, let's move into your favorite segment, Trey Watch. Trey Watch, baby. He um, has he looked- now played his first down in the NFL. Not through the first that. touchdown of the 49ers season. He sure did. To wide receiver Trent Sherfield. And um, Kyle Shanahan said after the game, he's like, yeah, you know, I wasn't like, we didn't like plan to bring him in on that drive. He's like, but it was just, it was the right like play call. And he yeah. came in before on that drive too, had a little run. Um, and then, then through the pass, it was a great pass. Um, teams clearly expect us, him to run when he comes in. And so that's giving us an advantage, especially right now with this, rotating offense thing we've been doing yeah but he looked good i think he had like two other snaps he had a run um it looked nothing nothing great other than the touchdown pass but nothing bad either um i will we can talk about this when we get to the fourth quarter i really think he should have been in on the 49ers last drive because if you're gonna run the ball and like everyone knows you're gonna run the ball why not run the read option like get yourself some extra potential for yards um but yeah he looked good but I don't think he, and we can talk about, we'll talk about this later when we talk about the game, but I don't think he's close to starting anytime soon because Jimmy Garoppolo played some of the best football I've ever seen him play he in, the 49ers, uni- awesome. in a, a 49ers yeah. uniform. Let's, let's set the scene. Let's head into the breakdown yeah. of the game, but let's set the scene with the inactives. Yeah, um, this, I want to talk about this. Have, we did not have Trey Sermon, Javon Kinlaw, Emmanuel Mosley, Aaron Banks, and Josh Norman. And Josh Norman's not a surprise. We just signed him. He's barely been yeah. able to practice with us. So that's not a surprise. I believe Kinlaw, Mosley was injured. Mosley was injured. Kinlaw, we knew, was nursing, I think, some knee tendinitis. Mm-hmm. And um, the team clearly felt his loss. Um, we need him back out there. We need him soon. Um, those are my thoughts on Kinlaw. But, it, I mean, by all accounts, you hear conflicting reports. John Lynch will be like, yeah, he might be out this week. And all the reporters are like, uh, this is a pretty serious knee injury. So – Watch that one. Um, yeah, I'm a little – I'm going to go on my rant on the 49ers drafts in a minute, but that might come up. I think um, Trey Sermon is obviously the interesting one. Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch. He was healthy, and he didn't play. 
Um, fantasy football owners, I told you probably not to draft Sermon for this year. I avoided him in my fantasy football drafts because I knew he wasn't going to be a 49ers guy, and I feel extremely validated by that. But, yeah, by all accounts, Shanahan said the other running backs outplayed him. And um, that's that's interesting to me because we talked about how Sermon didn't really feel like a scheme fit. We talked about that a bit. But this is another example of Shanahan not um, – saying how he feels about guys because we were like Trey Sermon barely played in the last preseason game like they're ready for him to like be a 1A 1B and I thought that was because he was being a 1A 1B player I yeah, thought he me didn't too. play in the preseason because uh he'll be the 1A starter or 1B starter as, as we were talking about so I totally thought him not playing in the preseason was just so they could look at the other running backs because they knew they were going to be the most certain Sermon were going to be the one-two punch and so they were trying to figure out who was going to be after them. And I think that's what they were doing preseason. Um, Cause if they were, if there was any question of Sermon not being in there somewhere, he would have been playing the preseason so they could see how he compares in the last game. But yeah, I, I don't know where Shanahan's head was at with sitting him. And, and maybe, maybe there's an attitude that we haven't seen with Trey Sermon that Shanahan was trying to change. Um, but yeah, we were, we were not expecting at all to see Sermon out, and to see this much of Elijah Mitchell yeah, um, and barely any of Michael Hasty, I figured we would have seen Hasty before Mitchell, but Hasty had one carry. And it yeah, was Elijah, a Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell looks good. So so I'm mad at the 49ers about, about something, Daniel. Are you mad at the Niners or Kyle? I'm mad at Kyle and I'm mad at the Niners. for. I'm mad at the Niners for a couple things. I'm mad at Kyle for whatever his thing with how he can just get mad at guys and just be done with them. Like Dante Pettis, classic example. I don't think that's what's happening with Trent, Trent, uh, Trey Sermon. I'm more confident it's not what's happening with Brandon Ayuk. But so Kyle Shanahan, to get back to Ayuk, Ayuk was out there returning punts, ran some routes, not targeted. Like, and so Kyle Shanahan basically said, let me read you the quote. This was, this is interesting to me. We started Trent. They've been rotating a lot throughout the preseason, but Ayuk has only been back for a week after he tweaked his hamstring, and we want to be smart with that. But then Shanahan added, also, Trent Sherfield has earned the right to be out there more. And I just got an alert from the Sleeper Fantasy Football app saying uh, NBC Sports' Matt Mayoko said Brandon Ayuk trailed off dramatically during training camp and is still learning how to be a pro. If Brandon Ayuk does not fix this, if Trey Sermon does not fix this, the 49ers early round draft picks of the Shanahan Lynch era are abysmal. We've had one good pick in the first three rounds that I can think of right now. And it's Nick Bosa, the other one and Fred Warner. So that's two and Javon Kinlaw too early to call, but he's nursing. Fred was third round, wasn't he? Fred was third round. So I said first three rounds. So Javon Kinlaw too early to call. Um, Solomon Thomas, obviously a bust Trey Lance too early to call. Hopefully not, but there's only one that we can look at and be like, yes, this was worth the pick they used. But think about guys like CJ Beathard that we took and held on to for way too long. Dante Pettis, second round pick, Trey Sermon, third round pick. These guys, Brandon Ayuk, first round pick. If Ayuk and Sermon are not good, this is an abysmal, abysmal draft record. And people are not noticing it because of how good and how lucky the 49ers have been with late round picks like George Kittle. I think we can already say Talanoa Hufanga and Diamador Lenore and plays well. But if this continues, 
we need to spend some serious time looking at the 40 at the draft record of the 49ers under the Shanahan Lynch regime. Yeah, I, I personally do not think that will be the narrative for Sermon and Ayuk all season whatsoever. Um, I, I think fine. I think that I don't know if it if it was just Ayuk and his hamstring not be, truly being there, but he was out there. So I, I want to believe that it wasn't. Um, maybe he isn't ready to be a pro like Shanahan said, but he was pretty yeah. dang good last year. So I think it'll just take a couple of weeks for him to continue working and get get himself going. But I'd be surprised if there's anything else. And same thing with Sermon. Um, yeah, I think your point, like your point, is is valid. Um, and if they are busts, even I think even if they have a down year, like even if they don't play a whole lot this year, it's still too early to call them a bust. Um, yeah. I think some of the other guys, like Dante Pettis, absolutely. Um, Solomon Thomas was okay, but where we got him was a bust in terms of his draft capital. Yeah, uh, Sermon will be fantastic. I think it's just gonna, you know. I, I agree. I'm just mad about it right now. Sure. And we ignored like concerns for about Javon Kinlaw's knee and arthritis coming out. Like that's, I mean, that's something like if this knee injury continues to plague him like that, that has to be taken into account that we ignored that and let this affect our team. Like, and we did trade traded to Forrest Buckner. Like there have been draft mistakes and I don't think, and they haven't been bad enough to be, be a huge deal yet. But if this continues, it's it's not great. Yeah, not having DeForest Buckner is is tough, and he I think he's only getting better in in, in Indianapolis. So yeah, let's break down the game. Let's do Enough it. Of this talk. Let's let's talk about the game. First quarter starts off on the offense with a buff snap, and not a great way to start a season. Um, they bounced back well, but not what you want to see. My first thought when I saw that was, oh my gosh. I'm just going to be miserable every time Jimmy does something like this, waiting for Trey to come in and start. And then Jimmy didn't have another bad snap for the rest of the game. I think no. he had one like pass where he underthrew Debo, but but that was it. Like, so good for Jimmy. He really did not let that get to him. He said afterwards, I forget the quote, but he was just like, I think I was just too excited. But I don't know. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe Alex Mack was a little sweaty. Who knows? Could have been something. It. I watched the replay. And it looked like it jammed. Like it went into his finger kind of jammed it instead yeah. of going into his hands but oh does he have a chipped finger oh gosh um defense did not apply a whole lot of pressure really early um it, it, i think it took everyone a little bit to get going which makes yeah. sense in the season i get it um but i think the, the the lines looked too good offensively early um, and they, i expected us to be shutting them down they took advantage of kinlaw being out and really ran the ball up the middle yeah, and I have a lot of notes about them running up the gut, and Swift and Williams both had some awesome first down runs up the middle, and that was frustrating to see over and over. Um, they yeah. even got past the linebackers a couple of times, and I'm like, Fred, where are you at? I don't know yeah. where he was in coverage, but um, the I'm, second they had to make some tackles there, and that that was frustrating for me to see them get all the way past the first down line time yeah. after time. I'm starting to think the Lions might be a good team. I sure don't yet, but we'll My, see I think they're going to outperform because when you see guys outperform like bad rosters with new coaches, it tends to be the coaches kind of like Dan Campbell that are these like culture building, like lead by example. We're going to bite your kneecaps. Like those kind of guys tend to yeah, be guys who get teams to outperform. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm just interested in it. They're they're on they're on the bottom, so there's only you can only go up from here. I mean, totally. Texas won a game, so yeah. anything's possible. Um, I think the person I was most impressed with was Aziz Alshare. Yeah. He had an incredible game. Um, he was awesome in so many different ways. Made tackles when he really needed to. I think he's the most improved player already coming out of camp. Um, yeah. He's been good, but you know when you've got Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw in front of you, he made more of an impact than both of those guys. Um, yeah, I don't. I think uh, I was Fred Warner had a lot of tackles, but I think I was unimpressed with his play comparatively to where it was. Like he didn't have a bad game, but it wasn't the necessarily explosive playmaking yeah. Fred Warner that I was used to seeing. But well, did you know Diamador yeah. Lenore played all ninety defensive snaps for the Forty ers yesterday? I didn't. He what? Diamador Lenore played every defensive snap for the 49ers. Really? Yeah. Did not know that. I didn't know that either. I did not know he came in that early. Uh, he only had one pass thrown, uh, completed on him. It was just for three yards. Good for him. Yeah. Most of it looked good before he got hurt. I mean, he had one run, but yeah. he got, I think it was for a first down. He got outside and, and then he got hurt and, in comes Elijah Mitchell. Uh, yeah. So he, Can I he, say I – oh, sorry. He didn't Can really I say I called it? That Elijah Mitchell was coming in? I called that Elijah Mitchell was going to just be Raheem Mostert. Like I said, Elijah Mitchell is here to be Raheem Mostert's backup, and he did it. He came in, and he was great. He certainly looked like him when he was running, man. If I didn't know that it was him, I could have easily thought it was Raheem. He's uh, fast. Uh Kittle's first catch of the game was a short dump from Jimmy. Um, and that's the kind of play that Kittle shines in. Yeah. I love um, some of these short routes that George Kittle runs. Jimmy gets him the ball early and Kittle goes and does exactly what the Niners pass passing game philosophy is where, you know, I think it was last year, 2019, they had the shortest passes from quarterback's hand to receiver's hands. But they're 32nd in the NFL in deep balls or true length of the pass, but we're first in yards after catch. Well, don't don't forget don't forget that there was a season where George Kittle, a tight end, led the NFL in yards after the catch over Christian McCaffrey. Like that's yeah. like don't just don't forget that. Tuck that away. Remember it. It's important. The biggest thing I loved about Lance's first career touchdown, um, it was to Trent Sherfield, and I think that's going to be a, a fun duo for quite a few years. Yeah. I think that Sherfield's going to be around. I think that uh, him and Lance are going to work well together. They're like the 1A guys where they're both coming in, um, but they're getting a lot of work together. And the yeah. coolest part is I read this somewhere else during the offseason that uh, Trent Sherfield is good friends with second best wide receiver of all time, Larry Fitzgerald. Fitz. And the announcer said this, and again, I was bummed because he stole my thunder because I, I thought about that when I saw Sherfield out there. They said it like three times. <laughs> I know, and I was like, come on. I know this from just watching in the preseason, and he said it, and I was upset he stole it. But I think the play design is perfect for for Trey and Trent on that play. Like That's exactly what I want to see on the goal line. Yeah, that was a great play call. Because like, I think I said this earlier. They were expecting Trey to run. Like they were like they thought it was like the Taysom Hill package. And Taysom yeah. Hill never really throws for the Saints. He just runs. So they were just they were not expecting that. It was like props to Shanny on that one. That was a great play call. 
listeners, sorry, I left you hanging. I said, uh, what the announcer said was that he's mentored by Larry Fitzgerald and he ran a very Larry Fitzgerald-esque route. Um, I mean, it, it could have been Larry Fitzgerald out there running that route. And I couldn't help but think that Trey and Trent is that duo that we'll see for a little a little while in the Niners. Um, the one thing I do feel bad for is I feel bad for Jimmy as he led the team down that that uh, down the field on that drive. And then Trey comes in, takes over the last play of the drive and gets that touchdown. And it was the first one of the game. And I just felt bad for Jimmy coming out, looking really good, throwing the ball well, finding the guys, getting them down the field. Yeah. And it doesn't get credit for that snap. But of course he comes off the field and says after the game um, in a Jimmy like fashion, whatever gets us touchdowns, whatever gets us a win. Um, and he is still handling it so well. Yeah. I'm sure there had to have been a little bit of him that was bummed. Dang. Like, I didn't even get that, get the credit for that first touchdown. Um, but I kind of helped lead him down the field. Yeah. I just can't say enough how much respect I have for Jimmy Garoppolo and how he's handling this. Yeah. He's been awesome. We already talked about how the defense gave up, gave way too much up the middle. Um, William and Swift both had a big run up the middle. Um, TJ Hawkinson was a problem early. He really exposed the Niners secondary. Um, he was wide open on a lot of catches. He yeah. he found some room. They gave him some room, and he was not contested on a lot of his catches. So that was frustrating. We found ourselves in the second quarter where Debo Samuel came to life. Oh, and yeah. He had some great yard after catch plays as well. A lot of looks in this quarter, um, and the connection between him and Jimmy was alive. This is also where Elijah Mitchell came alive after Raheem Mostert went down. And as we already said, Mitchell looked really good, and he looked like uh, just a younger Raheem Mostert. Yeah. Um, he had his 39-yard touchdown. That was beautiful. It was. He broke some tackles. Um, George Kittle had a pancake as a block next to him, so that certainly helped out. But it wasn't just, uh, oh, he he got room and ran in. He had to work his way in there. Um, it was not a free pass to the end zone. So an amazing run by Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. It's fun when your players are just faster than everyone. Yeah. Jamichael Hasty had a, one carry on the, on the day. And it was, and it was a, a touchdown, ball, right? Three-yard touchdown. Um, he barely got in. They had to review it to make sure, but they did count it as a touchdown. And yeah, how encouraging is it to see – the two running backs who, I mean, I think Mostert had some catches too. So I, I still think he was the second running back of the, of the game. Yeah. And how encouraging is it to see that our, who we thought were going to be the number three and four guys on the depth chart, step into this game and make a massive difference. So we sit guy number two, we lose guy number one and uh, running backs three and four really step it up and hold their own. So, yeah, and I expect Sermon to probably play next week, assuming Mostert's out as well. So that'll be interesting how he factors into the rotation. Yeah. So I was right with the pick six. I predicted five touchdowns in the Niners. I don't think I got a single one right because uh, Ayuk barely saw the ball. Kittle didn't get a touchdown, and Raheem Mostert got hurt. Trey Sermon didn't play. So obviously my picks weren't going to go well until I – I should have waited for the starting lineup, I guess. <laughs> I predicted a Jalen Hurd touchdown, so. Yeah, he's That's on okay. IR. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Drake Greenlaw had a pick six. That was great. It was amazing. He 
he had some wheels to get that ball into the end zone. I did yeah. not know Dre Greenlaw was that fast. I know he's a linebacker, so he has speed, but he he looked fast out there. Dre yeah. Greenlaw's awesome. Love him. Oh, I whenever I hear Dre Greenlaw's name, I think back to um, the stop that he had. Oh yeah, Jacob Hollister in the last was that playoff game or last game of the season? It was the last game of the season. Yeah, on the goal line, stuffs Jacob Hollister. Amazing. Yeah, that was that was his rookie year too. Yeah. Okay, let's just keep blowing through this this yeah. breakdown of third quarter. Um, Kittle started off the third quarter with an with a big play. Um, Is this the stiff arm? Yeah. Again, slash more punch. Yards. More yards. I know. He posted on his Instagram the picture of the punch. And uh, what did he say? He said, Falcon punch. Yeah, it was uh, great. His Instagram was amazing. So It did look like he just punched him. That was beautiful. It really did. Um, so he was just showing off at that point. We got to see more Trey Lance designed runs, um, whether it was him running, him as a decoy. Um, didn't have a lot of big gains, but it was fun to see um, what Kyle had dr- uh, drawn up for them and some of their play yeah. schemes. So. I think defense finally picked up the pressure on Goff in the third quarter. He really had to start working for yeah. it. We haven't talked about our D-line at all, even, on the pressure. Yeah, I don't think they gave us a whole lot to talk about. Uh, yeah, I thought I D. Ford was good. He did. He had a sack. Um, we'd love and to see a D. Ford sack. I think Nick Bosa had, had a, a .5 sack. He Nick think- Bosa had my favorite kind of sack where you just like run into the quarterback by pushing the, D- the offensive lineman into him. That was fun. That's why I was like, "What? Uh, who got the sack? Really?" Oh yeah. Uh, my big, my big takeaway from that is that D Ford looked healthy, and that's important. And Nick Bosa also looked great. Like he's Nick Bosa. This is where Debo comes in. Biggest. I mean, he's already been in, but biggest play of the game: seventy-nine oh. touchdown was amazing. The ball was a little short, but that's because Jimmy was hit as he throws. Yeah. Um, Debo was watching the ball the whole time. The cornerback Jeff Okuda did not take his eyes off Debo. Did yeah. not know when the ball was coming. So when Debo at the last second held up, let uh, Akuda what a move. coverage, what a move, stopped, caught that ball, and then just takes off for the other side of the field and gets the touchdown. It was amazing. The, uh, the thing I loved about that play and what it reminded me about Jimmy and his play all game is I think we're used to seeing Jimmy Garoppolo not be that great under pressure. Yeah. He, he throws the ball. Sure, he had a... Oh, intentional grounding is what it is. Uh, he did an intentional grounding call sometime in the game. Yeah, but don't forget the spin move. Totally. The intentional grounding was on the one where he got hit, spun around the defender, and it was awesome that he did intentional grounding, totally. so right. it didn't really matter. But I think he handled pressure really well. He he did not – He we're used to seeing his interceptions be usually be when he throws behind guys or he's getting rid of the ball – um, as he's getting hit or before he gets hit, he's taking the hit either way. But on this play, he was hit as he throws, still gets the ball to Debo, just a step behind him, and Debo played it off perfectly for a touchdown. And that was the biggest play of the game, easy. Yeah. And then it's the third quarter when Sherfield goes down, right? Uh-huh. Or not Sherfield, when um, Verrett goes down, right? It is, yeah. Yeah, and um, last note for the, the third quarter is we are, we've already talked about it. Lions running backs looked way better than we would have liked, and I think better than they should have. Um, yeah. I think that our defense should have been able to shut them down a lot more, more rushes up the middle, and they each caught the ball eight times. Um, you know, a lot of more short passes, so it's not that they're not going to catch it, but we got them too many yards off of doing that. 
Yeah, I agree. We're going into the fourth quarter. It is 38 to 17. That's a, that's, I mean, I believe I predicted 38 to, to 13. So I felt yeah. pretty good going to the fourth quarter. I knew it wasn't going to stay that way, but I felt good. I at least predicted a close for the first three quarters. This, this is when the 49ers started pulling a lot of their starters on defense. Nick Bosa went out. Um, yeah, most of the starters sat at this point, right? Because Verrett's already been injured, and they kind of pulled everyone after that, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd say a, li- a little bit into the fourth. It didn't st- – I mean, honestly, it probably was. They started, but they started the fourth quarter with some of the B-team guys in there, but they trickled them in as it went along. Um, the fir- the fir- I love that we're, we're starting off the quarters with, with big plays. Um, the first big play was was awesome. Jimmy, again, hit as he throws – and I already said that I felt like he did really well under pressure to Jermichael Hasty, and he made some moves to get – that was where he made some extra moves to get the the first down. Um, I thought we yeah. saw his shiftiness as we've seen before, and um, I was I was pleased with with his play when he got to touch the ball. Tight end screen to Kittle might be my new favorite play because he is the, the shiftiest big man there is. And again, took three or four Lions players to, to dogpile on him. To yeah, you can't him. tackle George Kittle by yourself. No. Like, it's just not possible. And you can't hit him in the knees like you do tight ends because he gets so low and lowers his shoulder to block his knees, essentially, to where you just can't. You have to figure out a new way to well, tackle him. My only thing with George Kittle, and I love George Kittle, but sometimes, George, couldn't we try to run around the guy instead of through him? Because I'd like to see you play all 17 games this year. Yes. Um. Again, Aziz I'll share had a huge pass breakup. I thought yeah. that really got the tempo rolling on the defense for a minute. Um, but again, was so impressed with him. Hufunga came in early in the fourth quarter. I was jumping on the couch. I was so excited to see my dude come in. Um, and this is kind of where things start to go south. Um, Dante Johnson, when he came in, um, you were talking about being mad with Kyle on the Niners. I am mad with Dante Johnson. When yeah. he came in, it did not look like he wanted to play. He finally got his chance in an NFL game for the Niners right now, and he had a pass interference call on a touchdown attempt to Trinity Benson, their yeah. third or fourth wide receiver. That was one of those ones where I was like, yeah, I can't be mad about it. Like, he just grabbed him. Like, <laughs> absolutely did. It was a horrible play on his part. Great call for the ref, and then it put him on the one-yard line, and Swift on the next play rushed into the end zone, and after that, it was all – it all went bad. It all went down yeah. from I uh, think- Josh Norman better be ready because Dante Johnson's yeah. not the answer. Dante Johnson, not only he played poorly, but it looked like he didn't even care. It just it was not fun for me to watch him there. I thought he should have been pulled. Um yeah. Thomas and Diamador Lenore should have taken over for him and they should have sat him after that one play. Yeah. They got the two point conversion. They left TJ Hawkinson wide open in the end zone for that. So that's where the tempo got rolling. Onside kick. In George Kittle's defense, it was a bad hop, but most onside kicks do have those bounces. It's a football. Um, bounced right off his face, right into a lion. He's not defenders. Um, we'll go with defenders on the play. Uh, right into his hands, and Kittle made the tackle because he was right there at his feet. And this is continuing where it goes down. This is where the Niners defense just blew up. Granted, we already talked about how this is the majority of the second team, but they should still be able to get it done. And they could not get it done whatsoever. They won, but these guys did not do their job at all. 
Yeah. They let guys get wide open. Jared Goff was taking advantage of it big time. Their coverage was horrible. There was a play to Trinity Benson to get near the goal line. And then the pass to uh, Quinton Cephas for the touchdown. It was just truly pathetic coverage. Yeah. I was not impressed whatsoever. It honestly, they weren't getting beat. It just looked like they, they were on to the next game. Yeah. It was a trap half. Like, and I'm like, this is your, you're just getting in. You're just getting your, you got to blame the coaching to some extent, right? Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get your guys ready. Like, I don't know. Kyle Shanahan has been pretty good at not uh, handling second half leads very well. I, just gotta I, say I don't it. know. We won this one, but that's what the, th- I mean, two Super Bowls that he hasn't been able to hold a lead and he couldn't hold this one. You yeah. got to look at it. I played flag football this weekend and I had, I was covering my guy closer and better than, than these B team guys were. To be honest, I had less room between me and, and the flag football receiver I was covering. And in flag, you need to give them some room so you can get their flag. These guys were just giving them the room and it, I was very upset watching this. Yeah. Um, we get the ball back. Great play call. Love the pass to Debo. Um, he did not secure the ball well enough. It, it was punched out. It wasn't like he was. It was a, gr- it was a great Tyler play. Does. Yeah. Like, like it was a great play by, was it Trey Flowers? No, I don't. Whoever punched it out, like props. Mm-hmm. Like Debo did most of what you can. Like, yes, you cannot drop that ball. But like, I agree. It's not like he was holding it out. It's not like he dropped it. Like it was just well, it was well punched out. Yeah. Um, which that could have been the last play of the game, but it was it not. And uh, we, we, on that last drive, we shut him down better than we did the plays before, but it was still. We put our starters back in. Exactly. But yeah, we put Nick Bosa back out there. 41 to 33. Game should have, should not have been as close. Um, Should have been over by now. Defense still letting Jared Goff carve up the secondary, even when the starters go back in. It was still way too close for comfort. They were Jared Goff's not good, listeners. Jared Goff should not be carving up any secondary. He's a bad quarterback, so it's not good. It was all over. It wasn't like they were just giving him just the dead center of the field. They did, and they gave him the sidelines. Um, we held on to the win, but it was not pretty whatsoever, and that's, that's how we started the podcast, saying if we won, but it does not feel like it, um, and I hope the players don't don't celebrate it too much. Um, yeah, I hope they I can shake it off. A lot. I think Jimmy deserves a win. I think he has every reason to celebrate um yeah jimmy was awesome we don't use we're not used to seeing jimmy garoppolo throw for over 300 yards yeah no that was like like if jimmy keeps playing like that he was i think the third best quarterback on sunday he was like and he was great yeah i think i don't know i'm just hoping that the verrett injury and just doing so well in the first half the guys just came out and were like we've got this and just and that's not an excuse but at least it's a better reason than just like being beat by the lions in the second half, but losing an onside kick too, like you can't do that. The things we, we were talked about last week in preparing for the lions were we made our predictions about who's getting the touchdowns. You had said Mostert sermon, Kittle, Ayuk heard Mostert got, I said, Mostert Kittle, Ayuk sermon defense. Mostert got hurt. Kittle. We both said, didn't get a touchdown. Ayuk. We both said, I I said, said Trey Lance would throw one. You did, and that was correct. Um, I believe you said it was to Jalen Hurd. I did, I did. We'll I was going to avoid that. Because Hurd was on the IR. You, no, no yeah. 
I should have known that because he's Jalen Hurd, and that yeah. seems to be where you he got, lives. Uh, you got the Trey Lance touchdown correct, and we'll we'll switch out Sherfield for Hurd, and I got the defensive touchdown correct. Um, don't feel great about the predictions, but also, you know, some of those guys didn't even play. We said we we're most. I said I was most excited to see Hufunga. Didn't see as much of him as I would have liked. We were excited for a healthy Mostert, Kittle, and Debo. We don't get a healthy Mostert. We have a healthy Kittle and sure have a healthy Debo, as well as we were excited for a healthy D-line. We're missing Kinlaw. Even if Kinlaw was there, I think the D-line still underplayed. But yeah, the biggest takeaways I've got from that game is that Jimmy looked good. I have loads of confidence in Jimmy taking us throughout the season. I do not think Traylance will be starting before the bye. And I think that I think that this is Jimmy's season to start, but I think that we will see a lot of Trey Lance like we did against the Lions, but I think we will see more of those plays where he comes in. Yeah, I think I agree with you that it's Jimmy's season, but like I have watched too many times Jimmy like have games like this where it's like, oh my gosh, he's great, and then like be terrible the next week. So like, I don't know. He's got to keep doing it. For now. Yeah. Yeah. Debo Samuel was lit off the hizzy. Had yeah. 178 yards, I believe. Incredible. <laughs> that might have been Debo's just like best game. Oh yeah, ever. Like that legitimately might have just been Debo's best NFL game. Yeah, he looked phenomenal. Running back depth was obviously there, and the last takeaway I have is that the defense needs to get it together. Um, yeah, uh, we. Um, as we as we talk about the Eagles to wrap up, I know we're yeah. only going to have a little bit of time to talk about the Eagles and what we need to prepare for next week, but. I think the defense as a whole needs to prepare, yeah. but the secondary, especially um, if the Eagles watched and they obviously will watch some game film, they know our secondary has already been struggling and our lead cornerback for is done. They're going to attack through the air. I think we're going to see a whole lot of, of passes next week from Jalen hurts. They'll be throwing the ball a whole lot and not that our, our run defense was locked down either, but yeah. When our secondary is this depleted and struggling already, I think they're going to be airing the ball out quite a bit. Yeah. I think um, I'm worried about the Eagles, Daniel. I I watched um, some of the highlights yesterday. The Eagles are supposed to not be a good team. They were playing the Falcons, who are also a bad team. They looked good. Even the Falcons have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Yes, yes. But I'm, I'm worried for a couple of reasons. The Eagles' defense, I thought, looked good. They were fast. They were getting to the ball. They were moving well. Um, I'm not super worried about that. I think our offense can score on anybody. I'm not super concerned about that. But I'm worried about the Eagles quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Second-year quarterback, Jalen Hurts out of Alabama, came in last season, was pretty good. Um, The consensus was, like, he's going to be fine. He's going to run the ball a bunch, and it's going to be okay. But, like, he's not going to be, like, a long-term starter. And I was already worried about that because the 49ers, we've talked about this, have not been good against mobile quarterbacks recently. We've been shredded by them. Add in the fact – that Jalen Hurts looked awesome passing the ball yesterday. He threw multiple touchdowns. His balls, like, I've watched a decent amount of Jalen Hurts. I watched him in Alabama. I watched him in Oklahoma. Like, he's never, like, been bad at passing, but he's never, like, looked like, oh, my gosh, like, that was an awesome pass. He had a couple passes that that I thought were awesome. Yeah, I, I as well watched some of his highlights, and they definitely look good. Um, yeah. I, I'm not a huge – I'm not high on Jalen Hurts, but I also I'm not dogging him a whole lot. Um, I think he's just one of those guys where I need to see a lot from him to truly yeah. be formed. Like he threw three touchdowns. He was 27 for 35. Um, great ratio. Didn't throw a pick. 
Um, he can run as well. He had seven, seven attempts for seven carries for 62 yards. Like I'm sure he got a lot of first downs, but they spread the ball around. Um, they don't have any crazy receivers. Um, Devonta Smith, I think will be good, but that was also his first NFL game. So first pass was a touchdown. First pass was a touchdown. I thought that was pretty cool for, for the two of them to have. Yeah, um, I just, if Jalen hurts plays the way he did yesterday and our defense plays the way they did yesterday, it's not going to be good. It definitely doesn't feel good looking at the way our, our defense played comparatively to their offense. I do think that it, it will be a, a battle for sure. Um, I think that'll be a battle for the secondary mainly. They do have a really good front seven. Um, Fletcher Cox it was on the all-decade team. Um, he is he's a crazy dude. Um, Brennan Ingram, great on the edge. Um, they have some serious rushers as well. Um, Darius Slay, cornerback. Um, I want to say former Viking safety, Anthony Harris is on the Eagles. I'd have to look, but he, he's pretty dang good. So they do have some studs on the defense, but I don't think they have one of the best defenses. Um, but they certainly shut down the Falcons. Um, I don't know if that was more the Falcons struggling to get it going and Matt Ryan didn't look great, but you know, they, they definitely did hold out Calvin Ridley. So I think that we definitely cannot, as much as I wanted to assume that these two first weeks were going to be easy wins, um, you know, shame on me for assuming that any win was going to be easy. So I and think like it, if you're if you're gun to my head, like Timmy, what do you think happens in this game? I'm saying I think the 49ers win. And I think it's not close. Like that is the most likely scenario. But after yesterday, I'm not that confident in it. Yeah, um, and we we should not be going into any single game thinking easy w um it's fun to be able to say but this this week was a re- reality check for me it would it humbled me um and my niners love to know that yeah they need to go out there and earn it every single week so and we the reality to- is that the 49ers are a good team and they're gonna be fine but they can't do what they did yesterday against a good team no we need to see the defense get a whole lot better we're gonna need to see secondary step up um i'm hoping that Diameter Lenore and Ambry Thomas get some looks and that they step up. We talked about how Thomas did not look that great in preseason comparatively to Lenore. Yeah. So I hope that they both step up in a big way. I hope that Hufunga gets a chance to step up because I think he will rise to the occasion. Um, we need to see the line put more pressure on the, the quarterback. We need to see Jalen Hurts not have a lot of time to throw. And they need to be better in, in the run game up the middle. So Defense has had a lot of holes, um, and I think that the Eagles are going to be looking at those holes and trying to expose them even more. So yeah. the secondary will be attacked. They, they know that. They need to prepare for that. Um, they're aware of the injury to, to Jason Verrett, obviously, and um, I think that it, it could be a very offensive game for a not-so-great defense on either side of the ball. But any other, any other notes from you of, of what – we need to prepare for against the Eagles? Um, not much of a running attack outside of Jalen Hurts. I don't think any of their running backs are anything spectacular. I think they have a, and we talked about this, I think they have a reasonably good set of receivers, especially if Jalen Ragor steps up and Devontae Smith continues what we saw him do this week. I think the 49ers, like, like if you're asking me what is the most likely thing to happen? And I said this, the 40, I think the 49ers step up. I think the defense looks much more like the defense we expected. And I think we win. Yeah. But I just, I, it's hard to shake this. Like, but I'm just really, 
I'm hoping the players shake it. I'm hoping they come out and just and play two halves of what they played the first half against the Lions yesterday, and that'll be enough to win for sure. Um, but we need to win these games. Like the 49ers have a pretty easy schedule, and if we win the easy games, we're pretty much in the playoffs. But week three against the Green Bay Packers, even though the Green Bay Packers looked terrible on Sunday. Oh, my gosh. It's I don't expect that to continue, really. Maybe it does, but we cannot play like we did today against Aaron Rodgers and expect it to go well, even though Aaron Rodgers sucked yesterday, which was if, hilarious. If did what he did to our secondary, imagine what, what Aaron Rodgers can do. Because the Saints have a good secondary. They have some serious guys yeah. in that defense. So. And um, the other thing to do is just keep an eye on how Josh Norman is looking at practice. That's going to matter. Um, if Josh Norman can can step up and can look good, that's going to that's gonna change everything. So that's that's super important. Um, yeah, I would, I would say for <clears throat> anyone interested in 49ers football, not just on game day, um, this is a big week to watch practice and listen to interviews where we MRIs should be happening today for, for Mostert and Verrett. There's no way Verrett is, is playing next week, even if it's not an ACL. We do think it is an ACL, but, you know. Verrett's no, done for the season. Yeah. I think I, he's done. I think he's done for the 49ers. Uh, most dirt. We don't know how long he'll be out. There's no way that, I mean, there is a way that he's healthy for next week. I don't think so, but we'll, we'll find out more hopefully today or tomorrow. So be watching for that. Um, we love, we love Matt Mayako and David Lombardi Follow those guys on Twitter and they will yeah. keep you in the loop. And uh, I check their Twitters every hour a lot of the time. So we'll see what news. Also, we get. Don't, don't reply to anything for on David Lombardi's Twitter. He will, he will come at you. Is this from personal experience? No, no. He just always gets mad at people. It's pretty funny. Yeah. He's always yeah. right though, but like it's it's pretty funny. Someone will comment something and he does not like he does not let it slide. He'll be like, it's it's quite amusing. Um, anytime I see anytime there's any news I need to go here for the Niners, I just I don't even go Google it. I just go to David Lombardi's Twitter and yeah. see what he's been saying. So yeah, props to David Lombardi. Um, other things to keep your eye on. Keep your eye on the RB room. See what we hear about Sermon. Let's let's see what's going on there. Keep an eye out for Ayuk news. And yeah. I wanted to ask you. I didn't want to get into it before we did the breakdown. Um, this could be one of our last thoughts. Is yeah. let's let's role play here. Mostert's out. Yeah. Okay. Mostert's out. He's he's uh, he's not healthy. He's he's out for the game. We've got Mitchell, Sermon, and Hasty. Yeah. What is your depth chart for those three guys in terms of next week against the Eagles? Who are we seeing the most of? They're both, they're all three going to be healthy and playing. Uh, I mean, most out. I don't see how it's not Mitchell Sermon, Mitchell Hasty Sermon. I mean, that's what it was this week, right? Yeah. It was, it was Mostert, Mitchell Hasty Sermon. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Mostert going down changes things, especially when I think Mitchell is the running back we have who does what Mostert does the best. So mm-hmm. he should be the one to really, really benefit from it. Um, yeah, I'm going, I don't, I don't think I see Sermon doing much unless something changes or unless we find out more of what happened, but yeah, I don't know why, like, I don't know. Did it look like our run game needed him? I didn't think so. Even after Moster went down. No, I mean, Hasty looked good. He, he only got one carry. So it's kind of hard for me to, to feel like he would be the guy easy there. Um, and I have no reason to believe that Sermon would jump him. Um, but I, I just kind of feel that if Sermon is active, he will get he'll at least get more touches than Hasty, I believe. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I, I don't, I really don't know what's going on with Sermon. I, I wish that they talked about it more. I don't think they did in the post-game interview. So hopefully we'll find something this week where Kyle kind of explains why he was a healthy scratch. And um, maybe, maybe against the Eagles, they say, Hey, this is your chance to, to show up. Um, and I hope they get to do the same thing with Brandon Ayuk. I want to see these guys play and, yeah, you know, I'm, you don't earn your spot in a game. You do it in practice, and I get that, but we don't get to see all Keep the an eye on Brandon Ayuk news. I feel like something is going to break this week. Like something is going to come out that explains what we saw this weekend, whether it's his injury is worse or whether it's like he just has the wrong attitude, which is what it's feeling like, or whether maybe he did something really immature. That would explain Matt Mayoko's comment that he's still learning how to be a pro. I, I think there's going to be – there's more to that story, and I feel like we're going to find it out this week. Just a hunch. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's about all I've got for you, listeners. I hope that uh, you enjoyed the breakdown of the game. I hope that we helped you understand some of it more, and yeah. hope that we helped you relive that and celebrate some of those awesome plays with us. Um, yeah. The, the Debo Samuel touchdown replaying in my head all week. And remember, even though, even though we have not been, like, super excited this podcast um the 49ers won 49ers are tied for first in the division they're tied for first in the nfc like ultimately we got what we needed and let's not like even though we're disappointed in a lot of things let's just let's remember to be excited about that and listeners we're excited to see you next monday have good weeks and enjoy watching the 49ers hopefully beat the eagles any parting thoughts daniel yeah, uh, again, as we said, just be sure to be watching this week for, for the news because that will really help you understand why things are the way they will be. And I don't exactly know what that's going to be for against the Eagles, but yeah, let's let's get another W. Here we go. Yeah. All right. Listeners, we'll see you next week. Farewell.